from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we count down the top 10 topics of the week that made us go wow. Wow. Uh, I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by our chief creative officer and inspiration, Tom Campbell. Hello, Fenton. Hello. And editor of the Wow Report, uh, literary genius sensation, James St. James. That's me. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's, let's start with the countdown. That's number 10, Tom. Number 10. Um... Casting news is sometimes more exciting than the actual movie when it comes out. Yes. Right? Yes. And this week we had some of the casting news I had been anticipating for 16 years. And that is the movie Wicked, which has been on Broadway as a play. My favorite musical that I've seen several times uh, on uh, Broadway. They have announced that in the role of Galinda originally played by Christian Chenoweth on Broadway, will be none other than Ariana Grande. (sighs) (laughs) And second, playing the part of Alphaba, the Wicked Witch, who's not so wicked, uh, originally made famous and won a Tony by Adina Menzel, um, will be played by Cynthia Erivo, who Uh we know from The Color Purple on Broadway. I think she did one of the original things. She is an incredible artist. If you don't know who she is, you must know who she is. powerhouse, yes. Unbelievable. A, a black woman, which I think is a fantastic way to cast Alphaba, who is, you know, misunderstood and cast on the side. Because of her color. She's misunderstood yes. because of her color. But yes. they have two separately. You know, I've always loved uh, Ariana Grande's voice. Whatever you think of her public persona, I love her voice. And Cynthia Erivo, during um, lockdown, she and Shoshana Bean did a, a cover version with Stephen Schwartz for Passover of when you believe that Whitney Houston, uh, uh, Mariah Carey thing. And she just, I just play that so many times. I can't tell you. So the fact that they're going to be playing in the movie makes me very, very happy. And I think now, but hold on. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No, I think, I think the, the Twitter sphere, the, the, the internet universe seems to be accepting this news with open arms, but they have, I don't know what Twitter you're on. (laughs) Talk because to me. I have seen some very different. I've seen some mixed reviews at best of this casting, and I want to hearken back to uh, um, Ariana Grande starring in Hairspray, NBC's Hairspray. I don't know if you caught that, and I well, that is if that's any indication of what we're in in for. I have a feeling that this will be a mixed review, mixed mixed bag at best. I think. Miss Ariana Grande is a great talent. Talent needs to be protected and needs to be displayed at its best. I am not convinced that a live TV musical is the best way to present someone's talents. Okay, but her voice is... And it, 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 it is it's a powerful, powerful voice, and it, tra- it it would work well on Broadway. But does it have the range? And I'm not saying that Christine Chenoweth has it has the. But I don't. I sometimes Ariana is. <laughs> she chooses to do that Mariah wispy thing. She tends to do that Mariah wispy thing. So when yes. she belts, 
she blows your your wig off. But so, she belts in those same three notes over and over and over again. She doesn't really have range. Popular. She is a great actress. I grew up, well, my son grew up watching her in uh, Sam and Cat on Nickelodeon. Okay. I, well, are you really saying Sam and Cat prepares you for uh, an Oscar-nominated, possibly Oscar-bound film? Yes. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. I think it's exactly the point he's making, James. Now, James, speaking of haters, James, <laughs> I was going to say that this news was greeted with so much love and respect for most people that people still had to, the haters had to go out there and create a problem and pick at it. And I don't know, the undertow of this is there's an online petition begging the producers of the film Wicked. Not to hire James Gordon, please, whatever you do. Please, please, please do not ruin it with Will Smith or James Gordon. Which is such a burn. Which is such a burn. Wait, wait, you're, you're you're part of the pro James Corden group? Is I that just what you're feel saying? Like, did you have to go out of your way to say that? Is that the nice thing to do? But but Tom, I have a feeling that you the people you follow on Twitter are very Tom-like in the fact that they probably are lovers of everything. You were somebody who you you love everything, and it's very hard to get you to hate on anything. And I have a feeling the people you you follow are the same way. Just oh, on the other fair child. I have a tendency to follow haters only. <laughs> there you go. Birds yeah. of a feather. You know, I'm just following Morgan Fairchild and Nancy Sinatra. You know, just I the young do kids. I love Morgan Fairchild on Twitter. I will agree <laughs> with you that she is a, a, a precious treasure. I'm very excited that John Chu is directing it. He directed In the Heights and uh, Crazy Rich Asians, both of which I absolutely love. It is an awesome story, and, and 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 everything. It's always risky when they go from stage to film, but it yeah. seems to be in good hands. And God bless James Corden. I, you know, you can't blame him for cats. That's all I want to say. You can't blame James Corden for cats. Yeah, so. I love cats. I I'm going on. Cats is one of my favorite movies of the last ten years. So I don't I don't know if that's <laughs> James Corden. What part is he going to play? No, no, no. He they no. Actually, what I've been hearing is that either um. Uh, Harry Styles, or um, who's the kid from In the Heights who's so good, who was in Hamilton? Oh, Loved he was him. amazing. Whatever his name, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. He might be Fi- 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 Fiorello. What's his name? Real cutie. Anyway, we'll move on. No, yeah, no, no. The, the point, Fenton, is that James Corden hasn't even been. His name has not been mentioned. Uh, we have been hearing, you know, Meryl Streep and Christine Baranski and a bunch of other people for was, the role of Miss Morrible, which also um, everyone is saying that Bianca should play no, without a doubt. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we have to wait a few years to see Wicked. But it's I can't wait. Show. I know we talk about it every week. Right. From now until then. Okay. Let's go to number nine. I'm so excited about this next item. Number nine. Well, I, I, I did cannot it for you, believe Fenton. this. This this whole topic is for you because oh. I watched Succession. Yes. I binged it. I did a marathon, ten hours a day, ten ten in four hours. I I am up to speed on everything. I have a lot of thoughts. We can cut some of it out, but I want to get to it. I want to hear. Let's stop. Let's stop right um, away. My God. You know, it's it's very much in the same template as a lot of other successful shows over the last 15 years, which is it's a group of people jockeying for power in a very specific milieu, whether we're talking Downton Abbey, Mad Men, um, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. They're all the same story, essentially. And this is a group of media million billionaires in a, a very rarefied strata of society. And 
what sets it apart, though, is that there isn't one likable person in the group. There's not one person to root for. It's, it's so just insane. like the WOW report. <laughs> it, it's, I have never come across anything like it where you go into it and you think you're going to you want to like Roman. But Roman is a horrible, horrible, horrible person. And you said the first episode when he offers the million dollars to the little servants kid. I mean, right off the bat, you know that he's just one of the worst people on the planet. You think you got want to like Shiv, but Shiv is just a mess. And she's she's nasty. And she is not prepared for the role and, and prepared to take on the thing in any way. Logan is terrible. Connor is just one of the worst. Tom is probably it. Tom is just, and I hate to every time I say I hate Tom, and he's just the worst person on the planet. I feel bad because I, I feel like I'm, you know, Tom's. We should protect Tom's dog cost. But Fenton, the only the only person that I do like, the only person who is the one person that I think deserves everything, and every time they are on camera, I love them. It's Marsha. I love oh, the, the stepmother, Marsha. Yes, I do too. And I yeah. think she's a secret weapon. I'm sure there's a twist that involves her that is yet to be revealed. Don't I want to know more ab about her, her past. I want to know because mm -hmm. they sort of brought it up a little bit, but then they sort of dropped it. Because, you I'm know, it's the quiet ones. She's going to end up with the company. You know. Yeah, she she you know, I also like Jerry. I think Jerry I and I want Jerry and Roman to to at, be married in the end. I love well, those two together. I think that's right. hysterical. Well, you, you have a lot of thoughts. So so they're all horrible. That's thought number one. What's thought number two? Like, do well, you recognize Logan. do you know who it is? Who what is? It's the Murdochs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. I mean, even yeah. down to the number of kids, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Um uh but I I do think that Logan is I I think he's losing it. But he's I think the boss he of the up, company for, yeah, for, for, the, the for anyone who hasn't watched it, yes. Yeah. Um he he I he, he, the whole point is that he's losing it, and the kids want to take advantage of that and take over. But is he really losing it, or is it, or is it all just power games with him? And you sort of think that yes, he is losing it, but he's throwing up smoke and mirrors. Like I think when he puts grabs Shiv's hand and puts this down his pants when he's in the hospital bed. Remember that? And I don't she goes remember to visit that. him. She she goes to visit him and he's he's sort of out of it and he takes her by hand he takes her hand and she thinks he's, she's holding it and he takes it and he shoves it down his pants and she freaks out and walks out the door and she's like I he's not himself he's not himself and I think that was a creepy creepy power move on his part I think pissing on the the, the office floor was a power move in the same way that Roman jerks off on the window I think there's there you know I think that, I think they're both marking their territory. But the thing when he's pouring the coffee and it keeps caught pouring, I think that really happened. I think the other moves are all power moves, but I think he really is losing. I think he's losing it, but I think he's throwing up smoke and mirrors to confuse people about when he's about how. But he's not losing. James St. James. He will not be fooled. <laughs> That's right. Losing it. And are you enjoying season three, James? Have you watched the first? Two I am. Three? It took me a minute. I, I thought the first two episodes were sort of, uh, but. Yeah. Um, but His I liked Adrian Brody. Good. I thought Adrian Brody was a real was was fun. I the one character, you know, I, I have to fall in love with a character every time. I have to be in love, and I thought it was going to be Kieran because I love. I, I I mean, he he's so cute. But the character who just makes me just melt. I just Stewie. Stewie makes me gooey. Stewie is. Stewie is the Middle Eastern playboy who is the shareholder who was in school with um 
with uh, with Kendall. And then he becomes a shareholder and ends up just throwing a wrench in everything and just fucking with them every chance he gets. And he is just the hottest. I could marry Stewie in a heart. <laughs> I think that Greg, the cousin, also has oh. hidden depths and is... Okay, the game we have to play here is who do you identify with most with? And oh, who is I it dare you. No, no, no. No, no, because no, I think I am a Greg, the I am cousin Greg. When it, when it comes right, I am, the, I am the one who is the outsider who is always sort of wandering in and making a muck of things. <laughs> Tom, have you watched? Have you watched Succession? I'm up to speed. I know every every moment. I, I'm Carrie McCulkin, uh, as character. Are you? That's interesting. I think I'm always got the jokes. I got the jokes. <laughs> That's what they're called. Oh my god! Benton, ah! <laughs> who are you? Oh, who am I? I don't know that I'm in it. Are you Logan? Are you Logan? <laughs> no. Are you no, Shiv? No. Are you Shiv? Shiv? Are you Connor? You are not a Connor. You are definitely Connor. Is Connor the ultra? I mean, in a world of douches, is Connor the ultra douchey one? Who's no, the Connor husband is of Shiv? Sort of the, the older son who doesn't really matter and sort of oh, is like right, shunted off to the side. There you go. And, that's uh, me. I'm Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Succession airs on HBO every Sunday, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. So, number eight. Number eight. Speaking of ensembles of people struggling for power house of gucci james i saw it you're gonna eat your words when you see it it is unbelievably good it is campus tits um the performances uh, jared leto is so good he plays well it's the, the funny thing I, is, I hear okay. Jared Leto isn't a completely different movie altogether that like they're <laughs> everyone else is doing one thing and jared's doing his own honey thing. they're all in there have you seen it no, I haven't, but I've been They're reading a lot of in reviews their own today. Movie, doing their own thing in Italian. Um, the House of Gucci, it's actually based on a book, a really fantastic, very long, very detailed book about the whole family and the family history. And I was surprised that the film, Ridley Scott's film, actually takes all that on. I thought it was just going to be about the uh, bitter, um, scorned ex-wife who has her husband, who was running Gucci, knocked off. But while that's a part of it, he actually tells the whole story of Gucci. And it is it is unbelievable. I mean, Jared Leto is the crazy son who has no talent <laughs> and keeps on wanting to launch his own design line. He has no talent whatsoever. Um, Jeremy Irons plays the patriarch of, of the family who's on his way out. He's fantastic. Um, let's see. Who else is in it? Oh, Al Pacino plays the slightly wayward a uh, person who kind of runs the store in New York and the business in New York and is kind of has a hand in all the counterfeits that were so problematic for Gucci in the 80s and 90s. And um, what's to say? Adam Driver is so good. He's good at everything. Sort of he really is loyally, the greatest talent of our generation. Can well, I right, say to everything you've just said, Fenton? Who cares? How's Gaga? Oh, you're right. Why would I leave Gaga to lust? She's stupendous. I mean, you always know it's Gaga and that she's acting, but she acts so great. She is, she is really, really, really good. And I will give James St. James, who's decided, even though he hasn't seen the movie, that he hates it. I will give James this. There is a point at which the movie is entering its sort of second hour. And they get what I've to... Heard. They get to... Um, oh, God. Who's the... Uh, um, Tom Ford who saved the house of Gucci, the young designer 
And it's just wrong. He's just so off. And then, bless my soul, Anna Wintle pops up. Someone playing Anna Wintle. And that is so wrong. I mean, better to have a Muppet play her than whoever they have playing They her. didn't cast Alaska Thunderfuck, the drag queen, to play? They really should have. They really should have. And, and so it's just, suddenly there's this weird Tom Ford person, this awful Anna Winter thing. And even the, um, even the guy, um, oh, oh, what's his name? Andrew Leon Talley. Oh. The, the Troika is, they are so bad. And there's a fashion show. And suddenly you're like, this fashion show is shot all wrong. It doesn't look like a fashion. Suddenly the whole movie, you feel maybe they ran out of money. It just veers into some awful sort of student production I, I was like, what's that, that is the one thread that I keep seeing over and over again that the last third of the movie veers off into this weird yes. area that like it it all it goes off its wheels completely. It really and does. the whole thing falls apart in the last third. Which is a shame because the first mm, 60, 75 minutes is awesome. The first four hours of magic. It is awesome. And and it's in a gorgeously sort of washed out palette, and it's just it's just fabulous, Tom. Question. After watching the movie, do you want to put on, wear, or buy more Gucci? Well, here's the interesting thing. Gucci is unquestionably having a mega moment right now, right? They had that fashion show on Hollywood Boulevard. James is making one of his faces. And here's my theory. Is it actually, it does make me want, and I shouldn't say this, but it makes me want Gucci in the classic sense. I feel that Gucci's reached a point of trashiness that it almost doesn't exist anymore as as a brand. And so this, why I love the film was it, it was sort of nostalgia for a moment when fashion houses were fashion houses <laughs> and luxury was luxury. Because seeing like, that Gucci show on Hollywood Boulevard sort of trash. I mean, you got. You, I mean, when you, no matter what Gucci, even in the seventies when it was Gucci, you know, Gucci and Fiorucci, <laughs> it what it sort of symbolized seventies trash then. Yeah, and, and Tom you know, Ford's genius was to reincarnate that seventies vulgar trash look, right? But but Tom, uh, no matter what you think about Tom, Tom can class up anything, and he did his his era was what was right. sort of interesting. I don't like what it is now, and the fact that. The the don't even get me started again on the fashion show in which they Hoover vacked all the homeless people off of Hollywood Boulevard. All oh, right, how tone deaf is that? It was just completely disgusting, and it shows what <laughs> trash Gucci has always been. So, but but the one thing I do keep seeing over and over again is um that Gaga eats every scene that she's in, and that it's when if you approach it from the fact that it is camp and that it is meant to be camp then it succeeds on that level. Let's not talk camp down. I think it is. I mean, I do think it's powerful. I think it's a powerful do film. I just wish they chopped off the last third. <laughs> but, but but can a film survive with, with only two thirds of it being good and one third being off the wheels? Give me, give yeah, me a movie that, that goes Oscar bound that does that. Well, that's why Jessica Chastain will take the Oscar as Tammy Faye in the eyes of Tammy <laughs> Faye. Thank you. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break. Before we do, I'm just going to tell you that our 14 queens competing for title queen of the universe were revealed this week. And if you head over to Wow Presents Plus, you can learn more about our sensational singing queens and get ready to watch Queen of the Universe. On the first all drag, all singing competition that's truly out of this world. Oh, that's a good song. Who pays you for this? That's fabulous. I adore <laughs> 
Uh, Jess, do you have a question for us? Because Blake's away. Yes, I do. Welcome, Jess. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, Gen Z producer is what we have here. Yes. I'm millennial Gen Z cusp, but it's okay. Um, I have a question for you. Mm. On this day, November 12th in 2018, which legendary writer of comic books tragically passed away? Thank you for that intriguing question. Since there are so many well-known comic book writers, I just can't guess who it would be. Wait, 2018 uh, is what she said? Yeah, November 12, 2018. Oh, gosh, that, that sort of limits it, doesn't it? Okay. We are listening, I mean, you are listening to The Wow Report, and we'll be right back after the break with the answer. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report, things that make us go wow. Welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm Fenton Bailey here with Tom Campbell and James St. James and Jess. Yes, Walensky. hello. Jess, you have a last name, Walensky. Yes, I do. Beautiful. What was the question? The question was, on this day, November 12th in 2018, which legendary writer of comic books tragically passed away? I feel like it has to be Stanley. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, there you go. Thanks for making oh, the first one book. easy. There you go. Okay, I thought it was. Thanks for I making it was the first one easy, Jess. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, 10, 9, 8, number 7, counting down top 10 things that made us go, wow, Tom. Number 7. Well, you know I'm a wild devotee to the QVC. I do not watch the HSN, but I made Home Shopping Network. I made an exception this week because Dolly Parton was on Home Shopping Network selling her fragrance, Scent from Above. (laughs) S-C-E-N-T from Above. Very clever. I love it. Now, James, you know how I hate to bring this up, but... When I worked with Dolly Parton years ago in Hollywood, when I worked at Gal and Maury Associates, <laughs> she would come to the office. She was as delightful as you can imagine. I always felt bad that everybody wanted a piece of her. You know, like when, when it, was, it was my first time being around a mega celebrity, when, when she came around the corner, everyone's like, look at me, look at me, in silence. But you knew Dolly was coming because you could smell her. You could smell her coming. And she wore the That's most- what they say about me, too. <laughs> well, when you, yeah, when, when you leave, I can smell you as well. It's a different smell. Um, she claimed then and claims now that she put an incredible amount of different perfumes and powders on to create her signature Dolly. You'd smell her in the elevator all day if she'd been in the elevator. But it was pleasant, and it was Dolly, and it was like you're touched by an angel. And now she's come up with her own fragrance, finally, that she's selling on HSN. Is this the first time? Is this her debut fragrance? She- I think it is. Yes, because she she said she had um. It, you can it's on YouTube. Thank God for the YouTube. Um, she's wearing a little Santa outfit. She's sitting there in Nashville, and she's she's selling her heart out there. And you know, she says like, you know, I'd wear this stuff. She goes, I do wear this stuff. She goes, well, of course, I get it for free, but I'd pay money for it too. She's so self-effacing. They ask her to like, Dolly, go through the notes. She goes, well, I don't know much about notes other than playing on a guitar. But I'm told, you know, she just is so good. She was born for home shopping anyway. Yeah. And have you bought some? Yeah, that's the big question. I did buy some. I had to. And I'm, yeah, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to. I'm, I think I'm it's my a friend, Laura, who I hope I'm not listening. I think because it was, it was a three-piece special value of the day, whatever they call it, HSN. And it's the, perf, it's the eau de perfume with a dolly butterfly on top. Then there's a dolly butterfly ornament. No, for no good reason. Wow. And then some kind of um, scented body lotion. So Laura and her two daughters, I thought it would be the perfect gift for the family just to stink up the house with the scent from above dolly. And now, as we know, somebody, it's I, all about the butterfly. 
<laughs> oh, are you somebody who, because I have, you know, um, a lot of, uh, you know, Elizabeth Taylor's White Diamonds. I have Miss Piggy's Moi. I have Debbie Gibson's Electric Youth. I have some Days of Our Lives, I think, that came out with a perfume years ago. I, I do like my celebrity perfume. So I couldn't, there, I couldn't not support Dolly. You just want to throw money at Dolly. You're just like, take it, take it. Um, and she was so self-effacing as always. She's just, she's so good in every, you know, film, music, television, and now home shopping. Dolly rules. The Dolly Lama. Oh, <laughs> I must be the first one to come up with that. Um, Sent from Above is selling like hotcakes, but if you can score one, you can find Dolly Sent from Above exclusively on HSN. Hey, do you know how HSN started? Did you know this? No. A long time ago, it was a radio station, and the advertiser, they were advertising um, can openers, but they couldn't pay their bill. So they paid the radio station with can openers, and that gave the idea who ran the station he had to get rid of all these can openers. And that was the birth of home shopping. Oh, Uncanny. Un oh, thank you. Number six, James. Number six. I wanted to talk for uh, a brief second about the Travis Scott tragedy that happened at the Astrodome over the weekend in which eight people died uh, during his concert. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because there's, the, you know, the old phrase, dogs bark and the caravan moves on. And last week it was all about Alec uh, Baldwin and it was wall-to-wall -wall coverage about Alec Baldwin. And then that got dropped very quickly. And now it is wall-to-wall -wall coverage on CNN and MSNBC and Fox about this tragedy that happened. Um, it's, it's sad, but it was also sort of, you saw it coming because, you know, he is famous for having these concerts in which his crowds are out of control. He's famous for having this mosh pit that he sings about. He raps about how, uh, you know, the, the people are always getting hurt at his concerts. He tells people on stage, let's make the floor shake. Let's move it forward. You know, everybody move forward. He knows what's happened. It's happened at eight different concerts over the past years where people have been hurt, you know, since like 2018. And they're, weirdly was not a contingency plan in place for what happens when there was a crowd surge. And if you, but on the other hand, if you've ever been in a crowd surge, there is nothing to do. There is, there is no way once you have 10,000 people all moving in the same direction, there's no way to stop it. Like it, there's, it just, it's happening. And you, I was in one in the late seventies at a concert and it was like either journey or foreigner or something like that. And I was near the front and the, the crowd surges and you are picked up off your feet and you are just sort of taken along on this wave. And it's a terrifying, ter I mean, like it's literally one of the scary, I've had a phobia of crowds ever since then. Right. I have also at a rave once in 2010 in Phoenix, I was the object of a crowd coming towards me. And it was, I was up against a fence and the crowd just sort of surged towards me. And it, I had a security detail and he managed to get me out ASAP. But that feeling of just, it, it's this, it's a wave that's coming at you. It's just, it's terrifying. And it is, it is the responsibility of Travis Scott, who was on stage and could have stopped the show. The, the producers of the event should have been able to stop the show. Nobody did. And um, it's just, it's, what do, what did you guys think? I mean, it, I wanted it, to ask you about this detail of someone stabbing people with hypodermics. What, what do you think that was all about? Is that 
have they figured that out yet? There was a security well, guard who was stabbed in the neck with a hypodermic. Yeah, and, that did happen. Up. And I think that there, I mean, at any thing like this you're going to have a few bad apples that are going to be doing shit like that there also talked that there was a, fe- a lot of fentanyl overdoses that happened but i think that that's separate than the the, the main issue that travis needs to and and travis has since paid for the the funerals of of the victims and he's also also offered good guy that he is he's offered one free month of uh professional counseling uh over the internet he partnered with some group that he's getting money off of, which and his his apology is sort of half-assed apology. I don't I, I feel like there's there's more that can be done. But on the other hand, what can you do when a crowd starts surging? There There is I, I also think that the big problem here is I don't like stadium crowds i think we need to rethink stadium crowds altogether in the age of covid i don't like i think post covid i don't think we need to go back to having ten thousand people in a room i just i don't i think that that there's probably you're asking for problems on all fronts and the only thing i could think of in my story is not very interesting but when i went on the women's march on washington at the day of the trump administration it it was so many more people attended than they thought and it wasn't that well organized. Everyone was peaceful in a good mood. There was no surging. But like at one point, a big crowd of us went where we thought was a way out and it ended up being a dead end. And so everyone turned around when they reached yeah. that dead end. And so there was this like convergence of people. And in that moment, sort of what you're saying, nothing bad happened, thank God. But you just feel like, oh my, like, like you're underwater. But anything like something... could happen. And, and, no, and it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's not an intent of the crowd, but it, there's just something that happens when mass, a large mass. Yeah, and it's just, it's just like water. It's like flooding water, a yeah. water flood yeah. or something. So it's horrible. I, I, don't, I don't know this about Travis Scott. I just know that he you know, with the with the Jenner and all oh, that stuff. Well, that's the other thing. I, I do want to point out that, that People Magazine, God, wah, um, their first headline after it was uh, Kylie Jenner okay after Stampede at Boyfriend's Concert Kills 8. And it's like, well, good to know. We're happy about Ky- Kylie, you know, but that was your takeaway from it is that Kylie's okay. Like eight people died and your your headline is Kylie Jenner okay after Stampede. Well, hopefully they'll look at these things with a lot more caution. You hope that again, you're talking, I mean, you you put the things together, but the Alec Baldwin shooting, you're hoping there's, Hopefully, some some uh, uh, something will, will change because of that, and maybe but because of this tragedy. There's also something in the media that that needs fixing too, where it's wall to wall coverage of Alec, and then it gets dropped, and they move on to the next thing, and then something will happen next week, and this will be dropped, and nothing ever gets resolved, or the story never ends. It it, it just it it's just dropped. Well, I think yes, vis a vis that, I think it's interesting that the wall to wall coverage, but. But no real insight. Well, and, that's, and, yeah, and, yes, and we've talked just about the, that before. The same yeah. level of lack of depth. Is, it's, is, it's, no. You push it up to 10 and everybody screams and squawks. And then you screaming and squawking right. about something else the next week. Because I read a fascinating article about the Rust set. Uh, one of the one of the crew spoke out and said it was not a chaotic set. And yeah. just wrote this long, detailed piece, which, you know, I'm sure there's two sides to the story, but it, it deserves to be heard. And if you've got yeah. wall-to-wall coverage, like why isn't the room for all the details? But, but like, the same thing with that was there needs to be some sort of um, uh, reset on the way that sets work. And the, uh, but yeah. but it, it, will it happen because there's a new story now? You know, so I, I don't Hope know. So. Well, um, let's move on. Uh, number five. Number five. Let's get cracking. 
and get it. Kraken, the Kraken, right? The Kraken is on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, the Kraken, of course, is a giant octopus um, based on real life on the giant Pacific uh, Ocean octopus, which hangs around in uh, Puget Sound up, you know, up Seattle way. And um, well, I blow me down in 1963. There was a thing called the World Octopus Wrestling Championship. Have you ever heard of this octopus yeah. wrestling? Divers Wait, are, are octopuses rest are octopi wrestling each other or are they no. people wrestling the octopuses? That's it. Divers would go out into the sound, look for an octopus, and when they find one, they would have to wrestle with it, bring it to the surface, weigh it, and put it back in the water. And you got tra traumatizing to the octopi, isn't it? It, it? Very, very. You'd get a point per pound. And it was actually in 1963, it was even televised. The World Octopus Wrestling Championship. James, you will be pleased to know that in 1976, the harassment or capture of an octopus without the intent of eating it was officially made illegal by the state of Washington. Well, you know, the thing is, octopuses are uh, octopus. Octopi, I, I never know which one it is. I think we've talked about this on the show. We have. Uh, Benson, you landed on octopuses, I believe. Oh, yes. Octopi, octopus, octopi, you, you know. Uh, but but we know that they're highly intelligent creatures and that they feel things and they are they're smart. They and they're they're like up there with dolphins and pigs is like some of the smartest animals out there. They have nine brains. They have yeah. eight legs. They have blue blood and they can change into any color. Their three hearts desire. I mean, I think they're sort of space aliens. Really. I think so too. I think there's. I think they were sent from above. Tom, sounds like my college acapella group. Nine <laughs> brains, blue blood. <laughs> Thank you very much. The Din and Tonics. Are we talking about the Din and Tonics? I don't want a name drop. I don't want James just making a name drop about <laughs> Gallon so Mori, Gallon, and the Din and Tonics. At what point does the view come up? At what point do we, do we mention the view? The view. I don't want to talk about the view with Barbara Walters and those those coveted months. I'll never be what able about, to. What about that luncheon you had with Elizabeth Taylor? Oh, Elizabeth <laughs> and her house. Oh, what a beautiful time that was. I will just tell you though, while we're still talking about octopi, oh, there was actually a musical <laughs> called "The Last World Octopus Wrestling Champion," and there's a there's a musical which was put on in 2019 by the Arts West Playhouse, and. The story goes that someone called Grace, she wins the championship, and instead of returning it to the sea, she broke the pact between humans and the underworld, with the result that the octopus she kept split in half and turned into two children. I don't understand any of that, but I'm glad that you did a deep Benton, dive. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to answer honestly. When's the last time you got some sleep, honey? How many days have you been up? I can reveal that Ariana Grande is going to play the octopus in the film adaptation of this musical. I'm all ears. <laughs> and I'm all tentacles. Well, look, let's take a break. Um, Jess, please, do you have a question? Oh, yes. Oh. Hello. Um, okay. I have a good one. On this day, November 12th in 1954, which immigration center closed down after processing over 12 million immigrants into the U.S.? Mm. <laughs> Jess, really tough. You. you are asking my <laughs> kind of questions this week. Oh. Um, we'll have <laughs> the answer awesome. right after the break, but I will just say before we go to the break, don't forget to catch Painted with Raven. It's WOW's first ever competition series 
hosted by none other than Emmy-winning makeup artist Raven herself. And it's premiering on uh, Wapersense Plus, of course, November 25th. So- it's the first competition reality show where you can win and never leave your home. There you go. <laughs> we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. All right, welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and Jess. Yes, hello. All right, let me see if you guys can answer this question. On this day, November 12th in 1954, which immigration center closed down after processing over 12 million immigrants into the U.S.? It could only be Ellis Island. Yay! Very good. Yay. Um, We're counting down... (laughs) I know that that this week's questions are easy. She wants to make us feel smart about ourselves. I know. I feel so smart. Um, uh, What are we doing? Oh, yeah. We're counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow, as usual. And we've reached number four. Number four. Well, speaking of someone who's being attacked this week, Aaron Rodgers. He's a football player. He came to uh, my uh, – I don't follow football at all, but he was one of the guest hosts on Jeopardy. People kind of liked him. But he misled the NFL and his team that he was vaccinated. He said he was immunized, but he wasn't vaccinated. And it was revealed that he had talked to Joe Rogan and done whatever that horse tranquilizer. Invectorin, yes. Yes. And there was a clip that brought my attention because it was the, again, I don't watch football at all, but it was the NFL Fox team, Michael Strahan, Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, coach Jimmy Johnson, had to look him up. Um, And they were just ripping him to shreds because they were, and they were very careful because you think of these guys, you think of football as being very kind of red statey, right? And very, you know, the the divide. And they would start by saying, you know, um, you know, he has his rights to, to deal with himself. He can, but you know, Jimmy Johnson said, I'm disappointed in his selfish actions. Howie Long sort of said he has a right, but, you know, you possibly put your teammates in jeopardy and that's selfish. And then Terry said, let me give Rogers some advice. It'd be nice if he came to the Naval Academy where they were reporting from where the game was happening and learned how to be honest. So they went deep. Um, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has written something. And and Rogers, in his defense, and this is where people get in such – they feel attacked – no, no. In his own defense, he quoted um, a, a Martin Luther King quote, which is never a good look for a white billion millionaire, right? And he goes, you have a moral objection to object and unjust rules and rules that make no sense. And Michael Strahan just said, there's times to quote Martin Luther King, and this was not one of them. Um, it's so easy to pile on this guy because he's ignorant and, 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 and using, you know, there's no... There's there's nobody in the world almost that's n- more influential and powerful than uh, sports figures, professional sports figures with young people. And here he is just with no logic or no discipline anyway. Um, no, I think it is OK to pile on him because it, it, it is OK to pile on someone for their ignorance. And you can if you can maybe change a few minds while you're doing it, then, then that's OK. I do wonder about, though, that Jeopardy has had a um, uh, uh has had a, a policy of having people be vaccinated to be on the show and to be part of the show. And did they not check on him? I don't know. That's what the part of the story. I don't know with the timeline on that. I do know that there are players I've heard that there are players in the NFL who don't get vaccinated and they go under another routine, probably like multiple testing, but he led people, 
he he misled people. He said he, he also said that it was his religion who that, that is forbidding him. But there is not one religion on the planet that forbids you from getting vaccinated. And so right. I don't know what that is. So uh, it's just nuts. And it's 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 been he's been a lightning rod this week. I'm hoping people hear that and think how silly it is, and they and they listen to Michael Strahan and Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long and Jimmy Johnson and a lot of unfortunately he will become a hero to those anti-vaxxers and yeah. become a lightning but rod he, in that respect. He's he's so he's an NFL. I like I know nothing. He's an yeah. NFL he's with the Green player, Bay right? Packers. He's huge. He's a multi-million dollar he's quarterback, he's, and he's a good-looking guy. And he by but all accounts, you have to be vaccinated to play. He can't play, right? They must have. No, no, no. They, well, they, they want the there's NFL guidelines, and you're supposed to be vaccinated. If you're not, then you have to you have to be tested a lot. You know, there are there is yeah. there are exceptions, but he kind of wiggled in between both. And, and 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 led people to believe he was vaccinated when he was not. Which, but everybody, you know, you know how it works. We all know how it works. I got my uh, booster. Oh, uh, congratulations! Last week, so I feel uh, not infallible, but I feel like I'm following the rules and trying my hardest to keep this thing. I haven't had it yet. You know, you hear these stories, and I listen. I've survived so many things in my life that should have killed me. That I'm very grateful to be alive, and I don't try to take my my that health. That Elizabeth Taylor comes to mind. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Campbell very close at one point. Um, but um, no, but just just the idea that you do the best you can, and um, I forgot what I was going to say, but just uh, I don't know. Just well, I, can I just say congratulations on getting your booster? And I think anybody within the sound of my voice should get their booster because they are throwing this shit away. Like just well, wait a minute. Enough- I thought I thought it was. 65 and older yes, we're getting it there. is but but like the, the, they're just the, there's no demand and and so like go get your booster you know i'm not advertising fraud but like if there are certain exceptions like if you work in close contact with people i believe you can get the booster so just get the damn booster i mean booster. gotta be better than throwing the shit away right i'm sorry i had to take that call i promised you that i had to take before we started <laughs> but it's done i'm good oh good and I agree with everything you just said, even though I wasn't oh, well, listening. That's the first time you've ever agreed with me. <laughs> Number <true>. three, James. <laughs> Number three. Uh, I want to continue the conversation about anti-vaxxing because uh, this week there was also a huge story that came out, out, out of the soap world in which I want to talk about. Last week I talked about some things that were going on on, on days of our lives. This week I want to talk about behind-the-scenes drama at General Hospital where Ingo Rademacher, the longtime star of the show, uh, an Aussie heartthrob, has been on the show for 25 years. He is out. He was given the door. Don't let the door kick you on the ass as you leave. He Because he refused to vaccinate. And ABC has a mandate that started on Monday saying if you were not vaccinated, you could not be on the show. You could not star on the show. He is a rabid anti-vaxxer. By all accounts, he's he's a bit of a nightmare to work with. He is is a trumper. He's an anti-vaxxer. He's um, just a nasty, nasty person. A lot of people on the show refuse to do scenes with him. And he has to green screen all of his scenes because most of the cast won't work with him. didn't he yeah. also wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back? Or am I wrong? Well, I'm that he get said to some that. sensitive things. Yeah, about- yeah. I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second okay. because um, there's sort of a, cab- a, a cabal of nightmares on the set of General Hospital that are all Trumpers and they all sort of work together and they're net. They're sort of mean girls on the set. There's some actors and actresses that I'm not going to mention their names, but if you watch the show, you can probably guess. And there's another actor who is on his way out the door, Steve Burton, who plays the brain damaged hitman with a heart of gold, who uh, is. Uh, who's been on the show for 30 years and he his he refuses to vaccinate himself and he goes the other thing that ingo did 
is over the weekend, as this whole was bubbling up, he sent out a series of tweets and his Twitter and his Instagram are increasingly unhinged and they are increasingly Trump, Trump spiel, Trump spiel. But he he said something very home uh, transphobic um, over the weekend. He called a, a tra- he showed a picture of a trans girl and he called her a dude. And there is a trans actress on the show, Cassandra James, who is just wonderful she's just absolutely magnificent she's fantastic god bless abc and general hospital for having this trans actress who is the head of the hospital now she's the head of general hospital she's she's really got a a storyline of her own she's really fantastic but she came on in twitter and she said i'm very disappointed in this and his response was i can't be transphobic because i think you're hot was the first thing he said. And the other thing is i can't be transphobic because i let my um son dress as a disney princess for halloween so it was sort of this half-ass, like, not apology, but, like, it, he's just a nightmare. Thank God he's gone. I hope we get rid of all of them, and that's my general hospital update. You know why that's very big of James? Because both Ingo and Steve Burton are very hot. So the, the, the ability <laughs> that you were able to separate their hotness from your from your heart, I, I, I commend you, James. <laughs> all right, moving on. We've reached number two. Number two. You know, I normally they age wine by putting it in, laying it down in cellars where it matures. The new thing is to stick it at the bottom of the ocean and pull it up with bottles covered in barnacles and undersea, what have you. And so it's really a big trend. I think it was inspired by... Over the years, they found a lot of shipwreck wine, you know, like... Well, that, it, I was going to say there was a, a very famous Peloponnesian wine from like 2,000 years ago that they opened and the fumes almost killed everybody. There was, it was like, it was sort of a, a big thing that happened. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I, I mean, well, the Peloponnesian wine accepted. Um, there was, you know, German U-boats in World War II sank a lot of boats and they've been gradually recovering cases of champagne um, from the cold waters off the coast of Sweden. And apparently it's absolutely delicious and sells for like $35,000 a bottle. So oh, that's the new thing. But um, And they're doing this in Italy. They they stick their wine underwater, which is, you know, you get the bottle and it looks like, you know, it's got barnacles on it. It adds a little... But wouldn't the pressure when you finally uncork it after it's been under sea for, I mean, isn't the pressure under sea? Wouldn't that do something to the car? Well, if you were that deep, yes, I guess if you were that deep, the bottle would get crushed. But they're they're, they're not not that deep. However, there's a wrinkle because they suddenly thought this would be a good thing to do in the States. And the uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, weighed in and said that under ocean waters, Wine aged under ocean waters would be considered adulterated and is therefore illegal to sell. Uh, They have been held, they say, under unsanitary conditions, whereby they may have become contaminated with filth or may have been rendered injurious to health. Several possible contaminants to be found in U.S. coastal waters include gasoline, heavy metals, drug residues, pesticides and sewage effluent. So I don't do drugs anymore, people. but I used to do stuff that had pesticides, gasoline. I'm just saying. I, I, you know. <laughs> but by the same token, you couldn't put anything in the Pacific Ocean because the Fukushima power water, you know, isn't apparently everything in the ocean 
the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, but apparently people say, and they said they've done taste tests, that putting the wine in a bottle and then sealing that cap with wax so it doesn't leak, there's apparently there's some kind of difference. And it's not just a few Ponzi wine critics. They've done sort of mass taste tests. And almost 100% of the people say that the wine that has been aged under the sea is better than the wine aged in a regular commoner garden cave. So, you know, there you go. You can now purchase RuPaul's DragCon 2022 tickets. And if you add $5 donation to Extraordinary Families, the leading foster and adoption agency that works with LGBTQ plus parents and children, with your DragCon 2022 ticket purchase, World of Wonder will match donations through the month of November because this month is National Adoption Month. Did you know that? I, I did. did. We talked that. about it last week, oh. didn't we? <laughs> yes. I well, at least you're listening. Week. That's very encouraging. We're going to take one more break, and when we come back, reveal the number one thing this week that made us go, wow. 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 You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to the Wow Report. We've been counting down the top ten things this week that made us go wow, and we've reached number one. Number one. We uh, lost another great member of the Hollywood community, someone who'd been in film since he was a young boy that I know best from Quantum Leap. And that person is James St. James. Dean Stockwell. And, um, you know, he was a child star, like you mentioned. And he most famously, he was in a very famous cult movie when he was a child called The Boy with Green Hair, which is many people think an allegory for being a young gay boy because he was persecuted for being different and he was ashamed of who he was and and all of that. Um, He also, as you said, was in he had great success in TV, Quantum Leap. And later, Battlestar Galactica. He was in the reboot of that. Um, he was also very famously, he had a big resurgence in the 1980s in Paris, Texas, and um, Blue Velvet. He was at, you remember the guy? He was the creepy guy in Blue Velvet singing. Um, Dennis Hopper. He was he was in Blue Velvet, as was Dennis Hopper. I you're you're, you're putting me on the spot. That's twice <laughs> you've done it. Like, I'm just trying to figure out who Dean Stockwell. I'm like ignorant here. I don't really know Dean Stockwell. He was very very handsome as a young man. He was so handsome. He was uh, my favorite role of his. He was in Long Day's Journey into Night with Catherine Hepburn, which is my favorite Catherine Hepburn movie. She plays a morphine addict. He's dying of tuberculosis. He's her son. It's so it's just one of the best movies of all time. Um, he was so handsome in that he was just, he's somebody who is uh, by all accounts beloved by, you know, all of his co-stars, by audiences. He's always been fantastic. Fenton, you've figured it out. I'm Googling him. Was he a little James Dean looking when he was younger? He was. Yes. He, uh, he was like, he was, he was very handsome in that sort of pretty boy, uh, 1950s way. Hmm. And grew into a ruddy character actor. He really has a prolific career, seventy years long or something of acting. Just really remarkable. Yeah, yeah. And I think in the sixties and seventies, he was part of the Dennis Hopper uh, uh, um, hippie new film kind of. Yeah, yeah. And what 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 finished him off? Life. Um, he was 85. He was 85. And I, we don't know what, what what the actual thing that did him in. There's a rumor they had a bottle of water that had been aged in the ocean. Uh, yeah, can't, can't and then he took some and some deworming. Uh... <laughs> well, what an amazing show. I've had so much fun. I've learned so much. Thank you. 
Thank you, Tom. Thank you, James. And Jess, welcome. And thank you, too. Um, thank you. That yeah. was an awesome show. Thanks for tuning in to The Wow Report on Radio Andy Sirius XM. Previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents. And I guess we'll see you same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. 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 wow.